As I made mention, we'll be in chapter 39 tonight. Uh, on Sunday, we hit the first two verses of chapter 39. And uh, just going to kind of recap that real quick in case you weren't here or uh, forgotten about it or what have you. But the first couple of verses says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, uh, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Just to kind of, if you, if you haven't been in here, just kind of bring you up to speed. This is, here we have Joseph. Um, he had his, his, his brothers were, uh, well, first of all, he had a couple of dreams that, that about his brothers ultimately bowing down to him. And they didn't like him for that. And there were some other things that happened that they didn't like him about. And, and uh, so one day his father had sent him out to, um, to check on his brothers, and so he went out to check on them, and they grabbed him, and uh, ultimately they were going to kill him, but then Reuben said, no, let's not kill him, and so they ended up throwing him in a pit, and ultimately had sold him uh, to uh, these Ishmaelite traders um, that were coming through, and sold him to them. They came on down into Egypt, and has sold him now to Potiphar, so just, and that was a really quick brief uh, synopsis of what's going on here or, or what's happened here in Joseph's life uh, up to now. But we have him, uh, or we have Potiphar uh, buying him and taking him to his house, as we made mention of on, um, on Sunday. We, had, um, we see that Potiphar was definitely an Egyptian. He wasn't a, of another uh, nationality, and that kind of plays a little make sure that we, we understand that when we get down into this later on in this chapter here. Next few verses, starting in, chapter, in verse 3, says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord uh, made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight, in his sight, and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that, that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate now Joseph was a han- was handsome in form and appearance. All right, so here, as as we go through these these few verses here, we find first of all that that Potiphar notices that whatever uh, Joseph is over, the Lord blesses him, and so because of that, what does what does uh, Potiphar end up doing? Handed everything over to him. All right, to run it, to oversee it, um, pretty much head of the house or what have you. And, and, I mean, all the way down to where he didn't even look into it, right? I mean, uh, you, you see, he didn't even know what he had 
except for when the bread was laid down before him, you know, when he sat down to eat, he knew that he had the food on his plate. You know, so, I mean, he didn't even worry about it. You know, it, it, when, I, when I read over that and I look into that, and I just see, you know, Potiphar seeing how much the Lord is with Joseph and how that everything that he has continues to grow and continues to do good. And so he's like, look, <laughs> take it all, you know, take it all and, 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 and be over it because everything's working out good uh, in your hand. Then we have... At the last part of verse 6, we find something else, something about Joseph, though. We find out that he must have inherited something. And I'll say that kind of jokingly, I guess you can say. Uh, But the last part of verse 6, it says, And Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And the reason why I say that he, he must have inherited something is because if you remember back in Genesis chapter 29 and verse 17, uh, speaking of his mother, it says that she was beautiful in form of form and face. Uh, making mention of how when uh, Jacob had seen Rachel and, and had, was describing you know, or thought about how beautiful she was, we see that she was beautiful of form and, and of face. And here we have uh, Joseph being handsome of um, in form and appearance. So he must have had some kind of a, a good looks at least, and obviously this is playing in part of what's about to happen or what we're about to go over, but all right. Well, let's look at the next set. Starting in verse 7, we're going to go on down to verse 10. It says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife casting, cast longing eyes on Joseph And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one in this house, uh, there is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me, but you, because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Just to kind of back up and think about this for a minute, I, I spoke about this uh, briefly on Sunday, but what was the last age that we know of, of Joseph here? I'm not saying that this is the exact age of what he is right now, but anybody remember the last age that we have recorded as far as Joseph went? All right, if, you, if we look back in, um, in chapter 37 and verse 2, uh, this was before he had the dreams, uh, uh, the two dreams that he had you know, presented before his his brothers, as far as them bowing down to him and what have you. But we have Joseph uh, said that he was 17 years old. So he was 17 before he had the dreams, before he was sent out to to check on his brothers, before they uh, took him and sold him uh, into slavery, and before they came, you know, the Ishmaelites came down to Egypt and Potiphar bought him. 
I pull, pull all that out because we have some time uh, going by here, and we don't know exactly how much time is going by, but let's just say a couple of years have gone by, and say he's 20 years old. Yeah, here we have a 20-year-old uh, person having his master's wife coming to him and, and begging him to, to lay down with him. So thinking about this and knowing how, how it can be uh, at your younger ages like that, uh, this, is, this can possibly lay a new level of temptation out here for him. You know, it, it's, it's not that he was a lot older or what have you. He was fairly young, and, and here he has this opportunity to place before him. But yet, what does he do? He rejects it, says, how can I do this? You know, he tells, makes mention to her, says, look, I'm not going to, you know, go against my master like this. You know, he's, he's trusted me to everything here. He knows nothing about what's going on, in a sense, and I'm not going to do that to my master. But even more so, here he has, and he says, and how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know, even being fairly young in, in the trials that he's gone through, you know, it, especially you know, someone that's gone through as much as he has, it'd be pretty easy in a sense because, I mean, you think about how that his brothers done disowned him, you know, sold him into slavery, and now he's a, a slave in this house over being, you know, uh, basically the prince of his father's house. You know, he could have just easily have turned the other way and says, oh, I'm just going to, you know, who's ever going to know? You know, but yet he, he stood strong, which also brings to mind those 17 years that he was with, uh, with his father, uh, Jacob, there had to have been some kind of teaching, some kind of, a, of a acknowledgement letting him know who God is and putting that strong uh, conviction within him during this time period as well for him to be so strong right now at this time, even through all these these struggles. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. And like Jeff said, it's, it's his ultimate, you know, I don't want to disappoint my master, but I don't want to disappoint my ultimate master either. You know, I don't, how can I do this wickedness against God? Absolutely. And, you know, ultimately he's, you know, he's not really working as in a sense. He's just managing, right? He's, he's, <laughs> but but no, that's a good point there. You know, I mean, as a as a young person here, I mean, obviously God is helping him out. It's, it makes very clear of that that God is with him and He's helping him. You know, but as far as his you know his resume wouldn't be very a very long resume here to to put him in charge of everything, right? Anything else? Uh, very good. All right, before we get on into the next section, I just wanted to point out and make sure that we realize this wasn't a one-time thing. You know, in verse 10, it says, So it was, she, as she spoke to Joseph day by day. This wasn't just a one-time thing where she pulled him in and said, Hey, come in here. You know, come, down, come lay down with me. No, this was something that she continuously pushed on him, pushed on him, pushed on him. 
And, uh, and you know, I, I just guess that she just kept waiting for that day where he was going to break and, and give in. All right, let's move on into the next section then, starting in verse 11. I'm going to go through a, a good bit here, verse 11 through 18, because it's going to bring out a, a good bit. But it says, but it happened about this time, but it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in, his, in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men that she called to the men of the ho- of her house and spoke to them saying see he has brought into us a hebrew who mocks us uh, to mock us he came in to he came in to me to lie with me and i cried out with a loud voice and it happened when he heard when he heard that i lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside and, and fled and went outside so she kept his garment with her until his master came home then she spoke to him with words like these saying the hebrew servant servant whom you brought brought to us came in to me uh, to mock me so it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside all right so once again in my head especially as what we was reading in verse 9 or verse 10 you know here Joseph's coming in and it makes me wonder you know if he's sitting there thinking as he's walking in the house to to do the work he's he's going to be doing, if he's walking in the house saying, man, I wonder what she's going to do today, you know, day by day, she's, she's getting on to him about, you know, uh, uh, this, and so here he is walking in the house, and, uh, and it makes me wonder if this is the first time she actually grabbed him, you know, because it says that she, she grabbed him by his garment, and he just, nope, took off you know and so so he took off but what happened after that what do you think might have happened in in her mind obviously it caught her I, I would think it caught her by surprise that he he fled out leaving the garment in her hand um yes I'm sorry but absolutely you she's trying to Come up with a with a story to to fix this thing. You know why am I holding this guy's garment and he's he's outside, you know, naked now. You know, um, so ultimately she starts putting together you know some kind of a, 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 a story, some kind of a testimony that would be uh, make her look good or maybe not look good, but get the spotlight off of her in a sense. Um, and, and put the, all the fault on the Joseph. And, and in verse 14, when it says that she called in all the men uh, from the house, what do you think the other men 
might have thought, you know, the other servants, if you would, might have thought about Joseph at this time. I think they all kind of respected him, looked up to him, and what have you. I think they, there might have been a little bit of jealousy to going along with it too, though. Um, you know, you, you have some of these servants. I don't know how long these servants might have been with them, with Potiphar, but some of them might have been with Potiphar for a really long time. And here you have Joseph coming through and sweeping up through the ranks. And here he is at the top of the ranks. As what was made mentioned, there's no one greater in this house, you know, uh, servant-wise at least, except for me. You know, I feel like there might have been some kind of uh, uh, jealousy or what have you going there. I mean, I'm not saying that they, they didn't do what he wanted him to do, and I'm sure that he was nice to them, but I, there might have been some uh, aspect to some of them. And then his, you know, Potiphar's wife here brings out the aspect as far as the nationality here. He says, he brought this Hebrew into us to mock us. You know, I, I can't believe he did this. Um, and, and just pointing out the aspect, you know, he's not like us. He's, he's different, you know. And so, you know, can't believe that this happened. Um, and even when uh, Potiphar had come back, and, uh, and she was expressing the same thing. You know, she expresses it in a negative aspect as far as this, this Hebrew servant, you know, coming in to mock us. Expressing you know, her side of the story, I guess you can say, as far as what had happened, which that, that is an interesting aspect there, Jamie. To be honest with you, I've never really thought about it that way, you know, whether or not she's presented herself to these other servants or not. Um. Yeah, but uh, it, I like what Jeremy had said too, though, as far as you know, her expressing uh, what had happened to all these other other servants before Potiphar got home to kind of collaborate her story, if you would. I, so, absolutely, very good. Anything else? Because all the other servants know as well. You know, it's kind of like a well. I need to make an example of this. You know, this is what tried to happen. This is what tried to happen. You know, we need to make an example of this. Now, we'll talk about more of the sampling aspect here in a minute as far as what happened and, and, and whether or not that was uh, sufficient for the deed uh, at this time period or not. But any other thoughts or comments there up to this point? All right. Well, let's look at the next a uh, little set here, verse 19 to 21, it says, So it was when his master heard the, the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to, did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, uh, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed mercy and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. All right. So as his wife tells him what's going on, which I'm sure any of us you this evening, no matter your how much you might have trusted your your best friend or whatever, your uh, 
servant in this aspect here, you know, some, your wife comes to you and starts telling you this, you know, I know I'd be outraged. I mean, just outraged. And, uh, and as we can see exactly how Potiphar felt. But the interesting aspect in my mind, you know, uh, was talking about you know, what he had done here as far as throwing him in prison. What, what would typically be done to someone, uh, especially a servant, who would have went in and raped the master's wife at this point in time? What would have typically been the punishment, though? Killed him. Is that, is that what you were saying, Betty? Death, absolutely. Um, you know, this would have been punishable by death. And, I mean, it wasn't something that you – this was a your uh, captain of the guard, you know, of the pharaoh. You know, this wasn't no, you know, just some – lone soldier out there that's got some servants or what have you. This is some, you know, a high-ranking official uh, in the land of Egypt. And and here he is and has this going on. I mean, he could have just put him to death right there in the backyard and, and, and carried on with life. But yet we see that he took him and put him in prison uh, and, and put him in the prison where the king's uh, uh, servants would have gone or the king's prisoners uh, would have gone and as we'll see in the next chapter uh, you know, even the king's servants that would have gone to prison that's where this is where they would go so it could be that in the back of Potiphar's mind even in all of his anger he might have thought about Joseph and, and the servant that he was and the, the type of servant he was and how that, that God was with him, because it says that he saw that God was with him. And that's why he ended up doing what he had done, as far as putting everything in, in Joseph's charge. So it could be in the back of his mind that he had that going on. It could be that God put that in his mind. However, it worked out in verse 21, it says that God showed him mercy. Uh, I mean, this is talking about as far as favor in the sight of the keeper of the, guard, of the prison. and uh, But he he wasn't put to death, but yet thrown into prison. You know, I mean, as, as bad as going into prison might be, I'm sure Corbin can, can attest to, you know, that's not a very good situation when, you, when you're having to go there. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure back in this time, you know, the, the prisons that we have now probably don't even compare to what they had back then. But regardless, we have him uh, uh, being thrown into prison. Any, any thoughts or comments on that aspect there? I didn't mean to sit up here and preach to you. All right, well, let's finish up the chapter here. In 22 and 23, it says, And the keeper of the prison committed, committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, uh, it, was, it was his doing the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's control or Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So just like in Potiphar's house, the, the keeper of the prison 
you put him on work release and started seeing how good he was doing and said, you know what, let's just let him be in charge of everything. And I'm just throwing out work release, you know, however you want to look at it. Uh, but whatever it was that he was doing in the prison there, even the prison keeper uh, uh, was looking at him and knew everything was going to be taken care of uh, regardless of what was happening uh, because Joseph was in charge of it. I appreciate your comments and attention, though, this evening.